What's going on, guys? It is a very, very stressful Sunday morning for the podcast, for the Sports and Antic podcast over here. I almost couldn't even get into my information this morning. I almost lost this podcast this morning because my username wouldn't, my username and password, it just wouldn't not let me get in. I, I didn't know what to do. I was trying for like hours. And it turns out that my email that I created specifically for my podcast was the email that I needed to use, not the other like three or four emails that I have associated with the podcast. Well, I mean, anyway, I got it now. I'm fine. Thank God. Because, oh man, I was stressful for a minute there. And, um, well, I'm here. We're good now. We're recording. We're live. Uh, today, uh, I want to talk about the Nissan 240SX. It's a very popular car in the car community, and I happen to own one. I have a, a 92 uh, hatchback. It's um, like a midnight purple, I believe it's called. It's the same color code as the Nissan, um, um, the Nissan R32s. And um, I just wanted to kind of like inform some people on what it's like to own one, you know, what to expect, um, what, like how, like, you know, rumors you might've heard about them. What, what is, what's really up with them? Are they fast? Are they slow? Do they handle well? You know, stuff like that. So with that being said, let's dive right on into it. First thing I want to say is it's very hard to even get your hands on a 240 that's that hasn't been just molested. And if you're in the car community and you know exactly what I'm talking about, but if you're not in the car community and you're thinking about getting into 240s, I would I would say the easiest route to go about it is probably the route that I t- Okay, so if you're mechanically inclined then okay go ahead and try to get you a 240 but i'll say this if you're not mechanically inclined like even a little bit and you don't have a work ethic then don't get into these cars like if you're just a car person that just likes to look at them because they look pretty and you got a bunch of posters on your wall and all don't get into 240s it's only going to work for you and you're only going to enjoy your experience if you already like working on cars, you already have a knowledge of working on cars and you're already ready to get your hands dirty, your elbows hit, you know, your brain to want to explode because nothing wants to go right. Uh, Basically just car stuff. They're beautiful cars. I can understand if you want one because you can make them. You can make a 240 look just about as good as any car. They they just have such a a modability to them. They have such a good curve to like their body. They're beautiful cars. But if you're not ready to get into the the Greek, get some hood time, or if you don't have any hood time before you even get into the 240, I wouldn't recommend it. But I mean, me myself. I'm not like the best mechanic in the universe, but I am, you know, semi mechanically inclined. And 
I was able to go to Mississippi and buy a shell. And if you aren't familiar with the lingo, a shell is a, a just a body of a car. You have no engine, no transmission. Sometimes they don't even have wheels. And I went to, I bought mine for my first one. I bought for $600. No, no, no. I think it was 800. I spent $800 on my first one, which if you're looking to get into 240s, I'd say that going this route of buying the shell and just building it up is probably the cheapest way to, to go about it. Unless you can just, unless you're just digging into the market and you come across a gym, you know, one that's actually running and doesn't really have any issues and doesn't look like it, you know, was in a junkyard for six years. I I would think that I'd say that that's probably your easiest route. You want it, you want to find one and then you don't, you don't, if you're looking for a shell, I don't care how pretty the shell is. I don't care how dentless and scratchless the paint is don't spend any more than a thousand dollars on a shell unless you have you know just a lot of money that you're just looking to blow if you're if you're a budget guy then don't spend any more than a thousand dollars on a shell don't spend any more than try not to spend any more than three hundred dollars on an engine and if you can find the combo together, the engine and transmission, I got mine for $600. That's a great deal. If you could find it somewhere around there, then, you know, you will leave with a smile on your face and you'll save some money. Um, but I'd say if you're looking for one, don't go above $1,000 on the shell itself and try to sway, try to be, try to, to, not go towards the cars that just have the shell and nothing else. You want to try to find a shell that has at least the electrical stuff, like the harness and all in it, you know, maybe some, maybe some, some body panels or like some AC duct stuff. And because if you're getting into two forties, you're not going to be able to go to AutoZone and find just about anything you want, like if you would have like a Chevy Silverado or something. A lot of the stuff that you're going to need, if you're trying to put the car together, like back the way it was before, like when it was on the showroom floor, like if you're just looking to drift the shit, then obviously none of this matters. But if you're, if you're looking to put it all back together, I'd say just be aware that you can't, the parts are not readily available for them. You have to get on like 240 forums and, uh, you know, start going to the car meet, start meeting people because people know other people that might have parts that are cheap or he has like a bunch of them or he's looking to just give them away, like stuff like that. Like you can get into situations like that all the time. But just be aware that if you're getting into these cars, the parts are not readily available. Now you can go to AutoZone and you can get like, you can get like a like a mass airflow sensor, or like a idle air control valve, or like you can get like some lugs for it, 
and like, but you're not going to find like power steering stuff. You're not going to find lights. You're not going to find like uh, air intake stuff. You, you'll find it. You'll find like an air filter or like a fuel filter. You'll find like the basic shit like that, but you won't find a lot of the other stuff that you'll need to put these cars together. And I just felt like I needed to let y'all know that ahead of time before you decide to get into these cars. Uh, something, something else. Their, their stock. If you, if you're looking, if you're looking to get into two forties, don't unless you like the look of them. So let's just go like this. From nineteen eighty nine, nineteen eighty nine was the first year of the two forty. From 1989 to 1990, yeah, 1990, that's when they had the pig nose bumper. I kind of like the pig nose bumper, but a lot of people don't like the pig nose bumper. Um, in that time frame, they made hatches and they made coupes. There's two different types of 240s. There's coupes and there's hatches. I personally prefer, prefer the hatch. But the reason reason what I'm saying is if you're looking to get into 240s and you kind of sort of care about speed and you know just like all the rest of us reliability don't buy the engine unless it's a dual overhead cam unless it's the 2.4 liter dual overhead cam ka if you find the single overhead cam ka don't buy it I'm not saying that's a bad engine or anything like that but I'm just saying that if you're gonna Go through all the trouble to drop the engine in there. You might as well try to find the better of the two. They both fit right on in. You don't have to do any modifications at all. They're both they're basically the same, but one's dual overhead cam and one's single overhead cam. I lucked up and I found the dual overhead cam one over the single head cam one just about everywhere at the time frame. But the longer you wait to get into these cars and start looking into parts and all, they get scarcer and scarcer and more expensive and more expensive. So it seems like, like now is the the best time, you know, tomorrow's the best, like tomorrow could be too late. Like that kind of thing. They're just that kind of car. Um, obviously if you're looking to get into a 240, you're not going to want to get anything with an automatic transmission. You know, you're going to want that manual transmission there. They're very, you know, a lot of people talk a lot of shit about 240s and the, I, okay, I want to brush on this a little bit, the whole reliability thing. A lot of people brush, they talk a lot of shit about 240s and their reliability issues. I, okay, I'm gonna knock on wood. I'm gonna knock on my desk real quick. I haven't had any issues with my 240 mechanically literally at all um well scratch that i had one little issue but i've owned the car since like 2017 2016 ish i have had one mechanical issue all the other issues that i've ever had have been electrical and i'll get into that in a little bit but the KA twenty four D the KA twenty four DE is really it's a sleeper. It really is the engine. 
I start that engine up every single day and it cranks right on up. And that engine is like 30 years old. It hits red line every single day. Like I don't really baby it like talking about that. The transmissions on 240s are fantastic too. If you keep, if you're just looking to get into the 240s and you're looking to keep it stock, you basically just like it for the looks of it, which is kind of like on the borderlines of like where I am actually, then these cars are going to treat you good mechanically. You're not, if you keep up with the maintenance, just like any other car, they're going to treat you good. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to let you down. Now, electronically, that's where you're going to come into a lot of issues because every, not everyone, but just about everyone that gets into these cars gets them just for drifting purposes. So you'll find 240s all day, every day that have been just beaten to shit. Every single wire in the thing has been spliced and cut and stuff's missing. And it's just, it's a nightmare. I'm going to be honest with you. And when it comes to a lot of my electronical stuff, I just outsource the shit. I got a cousin. Uh, his name is Michael LaBeouf. I got a cousin that is just like an electronical genius. And anytime I have an electronical problem that I can't quite figure out, which is, let's be honest, it's about 70% of the time. I just, you know, I just hit him up and I'm like, hey, can you do this for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. So, I mean, I'm blessed that I have him to hit to do my electronical shit, because if I didn't have him, I'd be stuck on a a lot of electronical stuff and I'd have to I'd be working on one thing for forever because just I don't know what it is about electronic stuff it's just not my thing mechanically I can diagnose it and figure it out I have a lot more knowledge but electronically it's just not my thing but I want you to know as a person that is getting into 240s that electronically is most likely where you're going to have your issues. They. And I say that in a way. If you could find like a clean one. That no one like ragdog and beat the shit out of. And just drift and all. Then most likely you're electronically. You're going to be good. But I mean let's be honest. Like 80% to 90% of the 240s you're going to find. Have been drifted at some point. So somebody did some type of trashy shit to it. That they did just to get them by so that they can drift it so they can beat the shit out of it so that's like 90 percent, 80 percent of all 240 so half of the shit i'm saying is you know you're gonna run into it unless you just luck the fuck up and you find like a person that just had the car that didn't know what they had and they just drove it every day or they kept it in the back somewhere like an old lady or something which is like the rarest shit that you can possibly even imagine to find a person that just drives a 240 just to drive it as a normal car and has no idea about the aftermarket or the drift events and the drift. Like they have no idea that that's like, that's like impossible. It's like, it's like going in your backyard in Louisiana and finding gold, like literally. But anyway, so I brushed up on, I've talked about the reliability. I've talked about the looks. I've talked about the parts. Um, let's get into 
the speed a little bit. So they're not the speed stock. They're not speedy at all. They're not. I mean, they're kind of quick. You know, they're fun little cars, especially if you have the manual transmission. They're, they're fun. You'll have fun with them. But it, if you're anything like 80% of the people that get these cars, that speed is going to get very boring, very boring really quick. I'm not really so much along that those lines. I still have fun with it, but it could be a lot faster and I'd have a lot more fun. But they're not quick. So if you have a stock 240, are you looking into get 240s? Don't think they're this like Mustang Corvette killer kind of thing. They're nowhere even close to that. Um, they now the tunability and the aftermarket for 240s is probably the broadest market in all of the world. Most likely, there's parts for these things to make power everywhere. Now, I know that if you're looking to get into 240s, you probably know this already. You probably know the KA isn't very fast, and you're probably already looking to do work to it. So nothing that I'm telling you is something you don't already know about. But I'll give my opinion. So when it comes to these cars, you can... Pretty much everyone that's going to get into them is looking to swap them, right? They're looking to put a 2JZ, which is which came out of the Mark IV Supras. They're looking to put a RB26 or RB25 in them, which came in the R, the R series Skylines. They're looking to put LSs in them, which came in the Camaros and the the Vets and the GTO Pontiacs. They're they're R, they're looking to put five threes in them. You know, everyone's put everything into these cars. They're basically been swapped with every platform you could possibly imagine. But if you're looking to have something that just is fun to drive around town and you're probably going to dust most things on the road, then I recommend going the route that I'm going to eventually go, which is just keep that KA, that dual overhead KA in there and just boost it. Just buy you a little boost kit for like somewhere around $2,000, slap it on there and you'll get if you get if, if you tune it right, if you send it to the right guy, you get it tuned, you can get 300 horsepower north of 300, you know, 350 horsepower pretty easily, you know, and the bottom end in the KA is actually, from what I've heard, they're strong as shit. So unless you're running it on high boost, like 24 seven and you're raw, like you're just fucking beating the shit out of it, you won't have to build the internals in it. You know, you can ride it out until it blows up, which it most likely will because it's a 30-year-old engine, but you can get some mileage out of it beforehand. You know, you could do that for a while in that car and just be good, which is most likely what is most likely what I'm gonna do. It's it's your cheap don't go SR20. I know that you're looking into SR20s and you're like, oh my god, it just drops in. It's so easy. That is true. But where that is true, the reliability becomes one of the biggest issues when it comes to those. Don't ever redline them, ever. They're going to blow up. You're going to have to build the bottom end and the head when you get it. So you're going to sink about $3,000, maybe even more than that, on the actual engine. Then, if you don't want to rebuild it literally instantly after putting it back into the car... 
you're going to have to build the bottom end and the head. Then after you do that, you'll, you know, you'll have fun with it for a little minute. But the way, I don't know what it is about, if you build the head on an SR, they're okay. You know, if you build the head, you're going to have to build the head. Do not just build the bottom end and leave the head alone. You're going to have to rebuild the head. If you do that, then it's good. You know, if you, if you do that, they're okay. They're they're fun. They get a lot of power. They look fucking sweet. They're JDM. Then I'd say go for it. If you have if you have that type of money, but if you don't have that type of money and you're just looking to put something on there that's gonna get you the best bang for your buck, like I am, then I'd say just boost the KA. You know, it's already in the car, literally. Um, you don't um. <clears throat> You just buy you a kit for like two grand and then you send off a tune for pro. I don't know if you can get a kit with the tune in it. Depends on what you're looking at. But, you know, a tune is going to cost you anywhere between. It'd be less than a thousand dollars, somewhere around like six hundred dollars, five hundred dollars for a good tune from like RS Empathy or something like that. Then you're done. You know, you're good. Uh, So I'd say go that I'd say go that route. Um, Take it from somebody that has been in the scene for a, a minute now but like i said you can take take all this with a grain of salt because if you're not looking to go the cheap route with all of this stuff then you know almost all the stuff that i'm saying is irrelevant if you're look, if you got some change and some money in your pocket you know you can go to jay-z or one jay-z or ls or you know you can even put a sr20 in it you know there's no you can't go wrong if you have the money for it because then you have the capital to make up for all of the, uh, you, you know, to just put whatever you need into it. You know, you don't have to worry about like saving money to do this or do that, you know? So, uh, let's see. Another thing that I'd want to mention is the, the body. If you're going to look to get a 240 shell, be aware of the body and don't be afraid to get under that bitch. And make sure that the frame is not bent. Because you can easily get into a 240 that somebody fucked up years ago, put in their backyard, and then they're like, huh, maybe I should try to make a little bit of money off that. So I'll sell it to you for like 500 bucks. I don't care how cheap it is. Don't get a 240 with a bent frame. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Definitely do your research, do your research and just keep looking for one. And then every single time you go look at one, get under that thing and make sure that frame is not bent. That should be one of the first things you do. Look, getting into a 240, looking to buy a 240. Um, I'm happy that I forgot. I'm happy that I remembered to mention that. Um, let's see. Uh, getting once you have everything together and once you're good. You know, you've you spent you you found you a cheap shell. You put everything together. You're looking at somewhere around. You're looking at somewhere like it depends on what you get when you get the 240. You know, if you can get a 240 with like a bunch of shit in it that you can put together the car and start making it look decent. But let's just say you you find the shell by itself. You find the engine and transmission by itself somewhere, and then you find a shell that happens to have like a lot of 
interior parts in it and stuff like that. I'd say you're looking at about three to four grand. Maybe less than that, maybe a little bit more than that, but you're looking at somewhere around three to four grand of an investment to get the car rolling and on the road and ready to go. And then it, the bright side to doing it that way is you know every single part, every single bolt, everything that has gone into that car, you are f- completely 100% aware of it. There's no funny business going on. Whereas if you try to get a car that someone else is selling to you a 240 for four grand to five grand, you have no idea the shortcuts that guy took. You have no idea the shit he's leaving behind for you to figure out later on. Uh, the frame could be bent, like all kinds of stuff could be wrong with it. Now, if you, if you do it the other way, you know, you know, everything that happened to that car, everything has been done to it. And you have the pride in your heart that you did all of the work. You didn't just buy someone else's car. You know, that's always fun. That's always a, a good little like feather in the cap. You could, you could say. So yeah, there's that. Um, now, once you have everything together in the car and you, you know, you're on the road and you're rolling, I want to make you aware of a few other things. It will be very noisy. They are not quiet cars, even by a stretch of imagination. Even if you don't have some fancy exhaust on the back of it or, you know, stuff like that. The ink, the cabs of 240s are just loud. They make noise. You're going to constantly be trying to figure out where this rattle or where this shake or where this noise is going to be coming from. That's just the name of the game. That's just what it is. Unless you find like one with like stock suspension on it and the entire fucking entire interior is put together and you know, all that shit. But even then you're probably, it's still going to be noisy. It's just a noisy car. I don't know why they just are. (laughs) Um, Something else to be aware of too is a lot of the time, even after they're all together and you have everything good and you're, you're going, you're going to have like a gas smell or like an exhaust smell somewhere in the car. You're going to have to try to figure out how to limit that or stop it. But you know, I, I recently I had one in my car and I figured it out and I, uh, you know, I stopped it. I don't smell it anymore, but I'm just letting you know, as somebody that's getting into two forties that, you know, you will have to figure that out. They're going to have some type of gas or exhaust smell. That's going to damn near kill you when you're in the thing trying to drive. It's just, that's just the way they are. But with all of that being said, there, there's no other car that I'd rather have. It's every day when I look at that car, it makes me happy. Every day when I'm sitting down thinking that I even have the car, it makes me happy. It makes me feel lucky. I love that car with everything. And I don't think... I don't think if somebody walked up to my house right now and gave and offered me 10 grand for it, I don't think I'd take it. I really don't. It's just, I had a, I know I probably should have led with this, but my first car that I ever had 
my uncle, my uncle Brennan, his name's Brennan Frederick. My uncle, oh, he told me about it a year before I was like when I was like 15, he told me he was going to buy my, my first car. Which was weird because, you know, I always thought I'd have to like work for my first car because that's what I was always told. He told me he'd buy my first car. So I was like, dude, hell yeah, on my 16th birthday. So I pulled up to his house one day and uh, he said, come see. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went to the back of his house. He had an, uh, an S13 240 and an S14 240. Now, the differences in these are the S13s were from 89 to 92. No, 94 and the s14s were 95 to 98 depending on if you're talking about the american model or the japanese model but anyway they they look different so he had those out for outside for me i went on test drives for both of them and uh i love the s13 so i picked that one and he brought the s14 back wherever he got it from and um i ended up having to give it up because i couldn't afford the insurance on it because i was only 16 years old and it was kind of considered a sports car at the time so it was expensive so i had to give it back to him and ever since then i just i wanted another one again and i I was in love with them since that day so if you have a passion for them like i do then all the headache and all of the shit that comes with them is just worth it it is but if you're out there and you're looking to get into a 240 I highly recommend you listening to everything I said and just writing it down somewhere and taking it and just storing it in your head because I've been there and I've done that. So I know, (laughs) but anyway, I I might have to wrap this up and getting near the 30 minute mark. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate the support so far. Keep it up, please. And uh, see you later. Later guys.